Christine. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on this beautiful Sunday morning. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors here, and it's a joy to welcome to each and every one of you. And if you are a guest with us, we'd especially like to say hello and welcome to you. We are blessed to have you with us, and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. It's going to be a good Sunday today. Pastor Jen is preaching. uh, We we give thanks for that. If you're joining us online, hello, welcome to you. We are also blessed to have you with us from across our country. We know that folk are watching from uh, all corners of our our nation. Hello. Uh, Just a few announcements to share. Sign in. Let us know you're here. We appreciate that. Every row, every pew has a sign-in book. Just uh, go ahead and fill it out and send it on down the pew, on down the row. That way you get to know the folk who are sitting next to you. Take a look at the back of the bulletin, if you will. There's just a few things to highlight. We have a picnic coming up in two weeks. You can read about that. Uh, Our kickoff Sunday, uh, UM Faith Bunch, they're meeting uh, with a brunch. A couple classes going on. Five Marks of a Methodist begins in September. Uh, And Financial Peace University. Financial Peace, uh, if you know the name Dave Ramsey, they do, uh, he has a TV show and all that. Uh, We're teaching his class here. Uh, beginning in September, I'll be teaching it upstairs in the upper room. Uh, if it, it, it does cost a little bit of, of money. Uh, I've taught this eight or nine times in the last 20-some years. Uh, I enjoy the class a lot. Uh, when, I, when I pitch it to churches, a lot of times I think, you know, there's going to be people who, who from the church who will be at the class, and that's always true. But a lot of times it's also, I get the kids of the people uh, in the church who are like, I want my kids to know this stuff. Uh, and I'm not talking 14, 15-year-olds. I'm talking 30 to 40-year-olds. So if you want to sponsor your kids to go through this uh, so they stop asking you, uh, feel free 
and uh, send them our way. We appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. Oh, we have a bazaar coming up. So uh, we've had a bazaar for many and many years. Now, I've been here two years. I have yet to see a bazaar. COVID knocked it out for a couple of years, and and it didn't quite get off the ground last year. Uh, But uh, Margaret Pridmore is kind of putting it together this year. Raise your hand if you've ever been to the bazaar. Raise your hand if you love the bazaar. Raise your hand if you're going to volunteer at the bazaar. (laughs) Margaret, take a look around. In in a couple weeks, I think you'll get a more formal uh, announcement from her looking for things. Uh, Let's take a moment. You got, well, you have some bizarre people around you. Let's say hi to them. (laughs) And then remain standing for the opening hymns.
remain standing for our affirmation of faith. It can be found in the hymnal 889. It will also be on the screen. There is one God, and there is one mediator, Christ Jesus, who came as a ransom for all, to whom we testify. This saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. Great indeed is the mystery of the gospel. Amen. Please be seated. Unless you're a kiddo like fifth grade and down, come on up. This is your time in worship. like to share with you this morning. Once upon a time in a land far, far away, this land was flowing with soybean fields and corn fields as long as the eye could see. On the horizon. This place was called Indiana. (laughs) And this little girl lived in Indiana. And she had the most amazing bracelet that she loved to wear. She would put it on her wrist and she went everywhere with this bracelet. Do you have a bracelet like that at home? Or something at home that you like to carry with yourself? A watch, yeah. Well, this little girl was so proud of her bracelet. And I just want to show you a picture because this is kind of what the bracelet looked like. What do you think? Does it just look like an ordinary bracelet? Yeah. Well, the reason why she loved this bracelet so much is because she made this bracelet in Sunday school. And each bead, there's a colored bead on on the strand, and the black represented her, and all the times that sometimes she kind of messes up. And then the red bead represented Jesus and Jesus' love for her. The white bead represented her life after she accepted Jesus. And then the blue bead represented her baptism. Her green bead represented her growth as she learned and grew and understood Jesus more. 
And then the yellow bead represented what with the promise of going to heaven someday. And so for years she wore this bracelet and she continued to learn more about Jesus. And the more she learned about Jesus, the more she loved Jesus. The more she learned, the more she grew. And this whole process is called discipleship. So our lesson today from the Bible is all about learning about Jesus and what it means to be a disciple, which means a follower of Jesus. The reason why she loved the bracelet so much is because the bracelet just reminded her how much Jesus loved her. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should have eternal life. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for these little ones and for the opportunity to just learn and grow in you. May they learn and grow in your love and then show your love to the world because they are the light. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there's Sunday school today.
As we come to our prayer time here at the Church of the Warm Heart, our tradition is that we, we share our prayers to each other, whether that's uh, out loud with a whisper, uh, shouting to the rooftops, or just shared in the heart, uh, followed by the pastoral prayer and the Lord's Prayer. Uh, just to highlight one prayer this morning, uh, Debbie Jones is not with us today. Uh, where's Debbie, I hear you ask? Debbie had a planned surgery this past week. Uh, she's doing great, uh, but she's probably watching us online. So, Debbie, we just can't wait to see you back here in the sanctuary. What are the prayers of our church family today? This room is full of saints. This room is full of sinners and everything in between. As we come into this space, whether rejoicing or shouting or weeping and doubting, by your Spirit, give us the eyes to see you and rejoice in you. And help us to see that love and spark in all the people who are gathered here today. For you are the stronghold of the oppressed. You are a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O God, have not forsaken those who seek you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you fill us with joy only that you can give. Work within each of us to to redefine our lives so that we may live them abundantly in the sure and certain knowledge that Jesus has conquered death and even now prepares rooms for each of us. Specifically, we we pray for those who are ill, for those who are hospitalized, for single parents just trying to show the wisdom of, of, of two people to their children. Fortify the the sobriety of those who suffer from addictions. Give wisdom to our national, state, and local leaders and replace ambition with ethical justice and concern for all people. We pray for those whose lives are engulfed in war, for nations just trying to survive. We pray for the hungry, the lonely, and the lost. And now, gracious Holy Three, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his beloved as together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn, Jesus, the very thought of thee. Uh, It didn't sound familiar to me until I heard the tune. I'm like, I know this one. And maybe you do too. Let's stand and sing uh, this hymn. Our scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. God's blessing to today's reading. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Jen, and today I made the decision to take a pause. Yeah, take a pause a little bit. 
on our sermon series of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, just to kind of take a little break, a pause, and we'll be back next week. But this week, I wanted to talk about Jesus. Are you okay with that? Okay. In the scripture passage today that Pastor Mike just read, Jesus asked the question, Who do you say I am? Now, a few months back, during one of my seminary classes, we discussed this question at great length. Our professor asked, who was Jesus? And who is Jesus today? And this opened a wonderful dialogue. I'm just going to sum it up a little bit because it was pretty long. But it went something like this. Some say that he was the sage. That is, a teacher of great wisdom. A rabbi. Some say that he was a prophet. Like the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament. Yet still, some say that he was a good man. And the documentation of his life offers a glimpse of history, of what life was like in the first century Palestine. Still others view him as a political figure and a rebel, a leader that started a nonviolent fringe movement of Judaism that promoted justice, peace, and love. Now, this conversation went on for a very long, long time. And it eventually turned into a discussion about our Christian belief in the triune God, the Trinity. God is Father, God as Son in Jesus, and God as the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Jesus is God incarnate. And we see this in the beginning of the Gospel of John as it is so well described. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then the Gospel of John goes on to say that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who do you say I am? 
You know, as followers of Jesus, I think this is something that we must answer for ourselves. And if I'm going to be honest, I think this is a question that I have wrestled with as I've grown in my faith during my own walk with Jesus. It began in my formative years. I remember kneeling with my grandma when I was, oh, about four years old. And asking Jesus to live in my heart, to be my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you have a memory like that, or maybe your testimony doesn't involve a specific event, but perhaps this relationship has simply developed over time. When I was four years old, I had the faith of a child. And what I mean by that is I fully embraced my grandparents' faith. But you see, I had not even begun to develop my own. You see, spiritual formation calls us into relationship, and relationships take time. They take discipline sometimes and intention. And in this case, this is a lifelong walk. At the start of my journey, I had a beaded salvation bracelet that I wore. And yes, in case you were wondering, in the story I told, I was the little girl that was so proud of her bracelet. Each colored bead represented a step towards salvation. And, and when I think back to the beginning, sometimes it feels like I've been walking a long time. And at other times, it feels like I'm, I'm only just beginning. Do you ever feel that way? This week, I I thought about that bracelet as we moved our son into his dorm room. It was a big week. (laughs) And I thought about how we had led him to this point and how he was stepping out on his own path. A brand new beginning. And let me tell you, last Monday, do you remember what happened last Monday? It rained. It rained a lot, and I wore the wrong shoes. (laughs) I lovingly refer to them as my Jesus sandals. Right here. And by the way, that is the story of my life. I, uh, on my tombstone, it will read, she wore the wrong shoes. (laughs) But I'm hoping it also says something like, but she had a lot of soul. (laughs) Anyway, at one point when I looked down at my feet, my muddy feet, I thought about Jesus's feet. And I thought about all the miles he walked with his disciples and how he prepared them to step out on their own paths 
to continue the work that he had started. Our scripture lesson today tells of one such journey with his disciples as he was working to prepare them. You see, tension had been building between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day. There were crowds of people that seemed to appear wherever Jesus went. There were rumors circulating about him. Questions about who he was and what he represented. The Pharisees and Sadducees had tested him and they had asked him to show a sign from heaven. And I can't help but think that all the pressure of the crowds and the religious leaders of his day just made him want to get away. Have you ever wanted to just get away? So I think Jesus probably wanted to to spend some time with his disciples and use that time to help prepare them for what was coming. You see, because Jesus knew what was on the horizon. So he and his disciples journeyed to the region of Caesarea Philippi. What's the big deal about Caesarea Philippi, you may ask? In the Old Testament, this region was known for the worship of Baal, which was a god of fertility. And then later in this area, the Greeks worshipped Pan, which was the god of nature. It was said that the nearby cave was the birthplace of Pan, and it held the gates to the underworld. Isn't it interesting that of all the places Jesus could have chose, Jesus chose this location. Near the shrines to dead gods, he stood as if foreshadowing and symbolizing that he would overcome death itself. And it was in this place he asked, who do you say I am? As Christians, as, as followers of Jesus, you see, we are his disciples today. And this is something that we must decide for ourselves in our own personal walks. We may begin our walk with Christ, guided by the faith of another. In my case, my grandparents were very influential in that. But in time, our faith must become our own. And I think this story illustrates this through, through Peter's walk of faith. You see, Peter had spent, had spent like three years with Jesus at this point. He had walked with him. They broke bread together. He watched and listened to everything Jesus had to say. And so it was Peter who first responded, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. And scripture says that God revealed this truth to Peter. Friends, God continues to reveal God's truth today. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church And he gave Simon kind of this nickname of Peter, which means rock 
this firm foundation. And so I believe he was referring to faith. That on faith, like Peter's, I will build my church. Friends, this gives me hope. And I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why this gives me hope. You see, the Gospels reveal that Peter's faith wasn't perfect. He later denied Jesus three times. This is found in the Gospel of John. But after that, and here's the good news, Peter was publicly restored by the grace of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful news? (laughs) I see so much hope in that story. Because goodness knows my faith isn't perfect. It's humbling to know that it's by God's grace through faith that we are restored. So who do you say Jesus is? Personally, like who do you say Jesus is? You know, I think that's, each, that's up to each of us to decide as we grow in relationship with God and others as we follow our own unique path of discipleship. I've heard Jesus described as the good shepherd, wonderful counselor, almighty God, the prince of peace. I've heard Jesus described as the light of the world, the way, the truth, the life. I like to think of him as friend and confidant. And the more I learn about Jesus, the more I love him. The Jesus I know was moved by compassion, mercy, and grace. He fed the masses, healed the sick. He restored sight and made the lame walk. The Jesus I know even flipped a few tables and washed a few feet. He walked at the margins of life and made those invisible visible. Those that hungered and thirst were filled, and he calmed the storm. Is he the sage, the teacher of great wisdom, a rabbi? Is he the prophet like the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament? Was he a good man? A political figure, a rebel, a leader that started a nonviolent movement that promoted justice, peace, and love? Or how about the Trinity? God incarnate, part of the triune God. And as we read in scripture today, the Messiah the son of the living God. I say yes. And I also believe that he is also in the stranger, the sick, the hungry, the thirsty, the prisoner, and all those in need.
which, by the way, is all. For whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Through his life and ministry, Jesus revealed a new understanding of the way of love. And you see, our love of Jesus is reflected in how we love one another. This past week, when I was moving my son in, and I have to tell you, my feet were so muddy. I looked down at my muddy feet, and I thought about Jesus' feet and all the miles he had walked with his disciples and how he prepared them to step out onto their own paths to continue the work that he had started. Just as Jesus prepared his disciples, God prepares us today to continue the work. I thought about the journey of becoming a disciple and following the way of love and how each of us must decide who Jesus was and is in our lives today. And so I ask you, who do you say? And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make this place happen, and we thank you. Uh, anybody have projects at home? Got some projects that need to be done? If, if, my, if my family asked, asked the question, if, if I said, uh, family, who do you say that I am? Uh, they would say, you're the dad, you're the husband, whose projects take three times longer than you say it's going to take, and it costs three times more than you say it's going to spend. Uh, that's, that's my lot. Well, friends, uh, at this offertory time, I just want to say a thank you to those who helped the FLC, our Family Life Center, uh, with its remodel. It began back in January uh, of this year. Uh, you might remember what it looked like, and over the course of all these months, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic what it looks like in there, and it gets used for ministry. I Hopefully, you'll join us for coffee hour here in a moment, uh, and, and you could take a look, and you, and you might be thinking, hasn't it been done for a while? Uh, we just finally got up the extra speakers on the other side so we can shift uh, the, uh, programs that way. A stage came in, uh, and I just, it's, we're at the point where I could just say thank you to everyone who helped with, uh, with that project. If you helped uh, with the sound panels, painting, praying for it, whatever, if you helped, can you just, just raise your hand for me? I just want to say thank you to all of you. Could you say thank you to all of them as well? Let us receive the offertory.
Let's stand for our doxology and offertory prayer. in our prayer. God of life, Savior of the poor, receive with our gifts gratitude for your goodness, penitence for our pride, and dedication to your service in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our closing hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, 110 in the hymnal. the time. I do hope you join us for our coffee hour. It's just right outside these doors. Head that way across the alley. You'll find our newly vamped uh, Family Life Center. We hope that you enjoy. Uh, If you look around the Family Life Center, you'll see several tables of books. So downstairs in this building, we had where we put all our curriculum, all the books that get donated to us that just haven't been used yet. Uh, We went down there and the the, the room was overflowing. Uh, And it these books and curriculum, they don't do any good 
to anybody in a box downstairs. They're, they're in the Family Life Center. Take a look. Feel free. Uh, there's a stack of, of, of one book. Uh, Gary Polukowicz wrote a book called Stepping Stones. He's in our congregation, was in our congregation. Uh, Gary passed away a few years back. Uh, but his book is, we had several boxes. Take one of these. Uh, check it out. But may the God that brought us together go with us now and forevermore that as we ponder upon that question, who do we say that Jesus is? May he live within our hearts. May he live within our minds. May he live within our lives. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen.